0: All right. Uh, let's see. I think I've got a three-way setup. Perhaps not. Never done three people before. Avi, you might be a little bit cut out there.
1: It's all good. I can shift uh, this way in my camera, I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I, I only have a limited number of, uh, of templates to work with here, but... The one that looks like it has three people on it uh, was only showing me, so I think the the Birdland tonight's a little bit in the way, but nonetheless, uh, we've got an exciting Orioles game to to recap here this evening. But I'd be remiss if I didn't wish you both and and our listeners a happy minor league opening day. I am very much excited. Uh, we have a DL Hall, Adley Rodriguez battery coming to us from Bowie, well at Bowie from Altoona uh, for opening. who's who's Adley Rodriguez? Did I say Rodriguez?
2: Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Paul, you want to take this one over? <laughs> it's all right, man. I think I think everybody knows you were you mixed him and Grayson Rodriguez up, so we'll let that one slide. I did. Grayson will be uh, making his
0: uh, high A Aberdeen debut. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, another notable name, will be at uh, low A Del Marva. It's weird not having the Frederick Keys, but but nonetheless, the minor league season's getting started. We're finally going to have some games, and uh, Adley Rushman's first full season. Uh, as a professional, I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, real quick before we dive into the Orioles game, uh, any any thoughts on the minor league season starting back up?
1: Man, it's just it's good to see them back. It's that that's it. it. It's real game action. I mean, we'll talk about Dean Kramer here in a minute, but talk about a guy who got thrown in the fold uh, as as a young kid without a minor league season last year, and then nothing really to boost it up this year. So he's he's just learning on the fly a lot against the Yankees. But I mean, we're just. It's exciting for guys like Adley, for guys like Grayson, uh, and the rest of the, the group to, to get out there. I'm sure all the other teams are excited too. But I think it's just no better way to to get these guys experience and get them ready to to join the group in Baltimore, hopefully, than than real live action baseball. So uh, I think it's it's good for and also the communities out there. So it's a uh, it's, it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm really excited. I actually went out and got that um, that minor league TV thing. I, I put in the Shorebirds promo. Twenty nine ninety nine for every minor league game I can ever watch. Uh, it's going to be exciting. The Orioles are loaded at every level, and you you mentioned Delmarva. You mentioned Gunnar Henderson. He's going to share that infield with uh, Daryl Hernandez. He's going to share it with Jordan Westberg uh, and Anthony Servideo, or Servideo, however you pronounce his name. And then they got Hudson Haskin playing center field, uh, Adley and Grayson along with uh, Adley and Grayson at Double A. Then you got uh, no, I'm sorry, Adley and Dl Hall at Double A. Then you got Grayson Rodriguez, and Adam Hall at Uh, at Aberdeen it's going to be it's going to be an exciting season I can't wait to get it started
0: see Paul it's easy to mix these names up a little bit when you have so many exciting prospects in the pipeline Mm -hmm. and it's it's certainly going to be a fun season as as we get that rolling Uh, but let's go ahead and talk some Orioles baseball for a while it looked like uh, we weren't going to have much to discuss and then the eighth inning happened but uh, we'll we'll get to the uh, the offensive explosion late in the game uh, here as we progress but let's start off by talking about Dean Kramer uh, he spent some time at the alternate site after getting optioned uh, just for some roster flexibility there for, for about 10 days. Uh, missed one start, came back up, made another one. Uh, wasn't great against the Yankees last week, but came out tonight and looked really impressive. Avi, what did you see from Dean tonight that you liked?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dean, fastball location was a little bit better, so so we, we like that out of him. This is a guy who, let's, let's not forget, I mean, we just touched on it. Dean Kramer was thrown into this major league baseball climate with, with no minor league season, so he's one of those – I mean, there's a handful of other prospects last year who got that, and this year already early on. But I mean, he comes out six innings, two hits, two walks—not great—but and, and four strikeouts. Which a guy like Dean's been averaging usually more more strikeouts than innings pitched. That was pretty rare for him. But I'll, I'll be intrigued to see where these mechanics go. You know, uh, Ryan, you and I was texting about this a, a minute ago. But the guy comes out. He's, he's got a, a good deep fastball. It runs both ways, depending on where where what side of the batter's at. Um, he's he's working on some off speed stuff. He's you know it's. He faced the Yankees four out of his first eight career starts. That, that, that's tough. I mean, we're not talking about the Yankees of a couple of years ago that, that were reloading and trying to figure it out. Like, these are fully stacked Yankee teams. Um, and it's not to say that he doesn't have to succeed against them, don't get me wrong, but that's a, that's a tough task. I mean, he's come out. Uh, and, and really tonight, just one one pitch that got they got touched on. Um, Tom Murphy down in the bottom of the lineup and it was a fastball, ran away from him and, and honestly, good on Murphy, good good piece on it. but uh, good to see Dean get out six innings quality start, uh, his first time going six innings since his debut. Uh, just just really intrigued. I mean he's we've touched on a couple of the prospects otherwise, but uh, he, he's a guy who's needed if, if they're gonna build up this rotation in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, fastball to Murphy just caught a little bit uh, too much of the plate there. I mean, it was a, a good swing on on not not a bad pitch. You know, I think Dean put it where he wanted it to. Uh, Might have run a little bit more on the inside. But um, 60, uh, eight, 94 pitches tonight, 61 fastballs relied very heavily on that pitch. Avi, you mentioned the, he's able to move it both ways. He showed some really good life on that pitch tonight. Uh, he was consistently sitting 93, 94, even touched 95 a few times. Um, but didn't have a great feel for his secondary pitches. He did throw a really nice uh, cutter to, to get JP Crawford swinging. A nice little backdoor piece there. Uh, he, I, I like to. Uh, he threw a one-one changeup to Kyle Seager at one point that that darted down and away from him, and, and Seager swung and missed. Um, but not a great feel for his secondaries tonight. But but overall, Paul, a really nice performance from Dean Kramer.
2: Yeah, and and as Avi um, mentioned, it's it's throwing strike one, man. It's it's having command of that fastball and and getting ahead of hitters. It, when when he falls behind, he's not effective. We've seen that uh, throughout this early part of the season. Uh, but like I, like I said, he got he got strike ones. He was getting ahead of hitters. And I, what I really liked was seeing him give up that home run. You don't like to see that, but then he comes up and and he falls behind the next guy 3-0, ends up getting out of the inning without any more damage. And Avi, you said uh, he had two—he had two walks, which you don't like to see—but only had the one walk after the first inning. It was nice to see him have command of the fastball. Secondary pitches, like you said, Ryan weren't weren't there too much tonight. But he showed that he he, he can compete at this level. And you know, also facing a uh, uh, Mariners lineup that's only hitting 210 is could be the uh, what the doctor ordered to get himself back on track.
0: And you could see a certain fire in his expression, especially after giving up that fifth-inning home run. He really seemed to have that attitude of, all right, I made my mistake, now let's go ahead and get out of it. And and he came back and, and was was really, really good after that. Now, it looked at the beginning like it was going to be a little bit of an ump show. Uh, we saw a couple strikes go the Mariners' way uh, when Austin Hayes was at bat in the first inning, and then in the bottom of the inning, uh, Dean did not get a couple calls that probably should have gone his way, uh, but then he did get a couple... I don't want to say generous because they did hit the plate, but uh, some borderline calls did go his way there in the fifth inning, uh, despite him giving up that home run. But uh, he, he really showed some fire. And I, I saw someone mention um, on Twitter the other day, uh, and this was meant to be a negative comment, but I kind of want to spin it into a little bit of a positive here, if I may. Uh, someone said that he's starting to see some Mike Wright traits in Dean Kramer. And that was definitely meant to be negative, but tonight I saw uh, kind of that positive fire and that emotion and the energy behind his pitches, and and that's something that, that Avi, I I really like to see out of him.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, you, you can take whatever you want on Mike Wright. Mike Wright had some good outings as a major league pitcher, uh, had, yeah. had a lot of great outings as a minor league pitcher, and then some good outings as a major league pitcher. You know, when it got to Mike Wright, it was, it was a lot of fastball command issues. Some, I mean, he's a Mike Wright's a tall guy. Dean's 6'3", but Mike Wright's a big guy with, with some falling mechanics. And um, I'll be interested to see where this goes from here. You know, we, we mentioned the one, if you call it a mistake, it's a mistake, but it, it wasn't really a mistake, the one that Murphy hit out. I mean, that's a, that's a good pitch to an eight-hole litter, uh, and and – Really looking at the pitch chart for the night, I'm mostly concerned because he sat fastball middle to high in the zone. Uh, he was getting away with some. In the, you mentioned 93-94. He was getting away with some. And uh, it, it helps to face a lineup like the Mariners hitting 210, like you said. Uh, but but he, he left some curveballs up. Uh, fastball was, was leading up in the zone, middle of the zone. We'll, we'll take fastballs when there's strikes, but Gotta to, gotta to get on top of that uh, command a bit, push down in the zone a little bit. I'm a little worried he he falls back uh, coming through the release that, that we'll see whether they work on. You know, I trust that the coaching staff there, they're working hard with him and he, he's working hard, of course. But uh, it's just it's a it's a fortunate outing. Half the time it's it's, it's the mental battle and, and he should hopefully take the positives of tonight and, and really run with that. I mean it's it's you can't you can't do too much more than than come out and throw a quality start late late inning uh, late night game over on the west coast, throw some things off, but um you know, we'll, we'll take it because uh, it's not the New York Yankees for once, and he needs some some positive outings in his career, and uh, hopefully this can jumpstart him to, to more of those. Yeah,
0: hopefully this is, is the start of a nice little run for Kramer. Now, the Orioles have won four out of five, six of their last nine overall, and, uh, and a big part of that, Paul, has been uh, the performance of the bullpen. Uh, and we saw that once again tonight. Sean Armstrong faltered once again. Uh, he's, he's had a little bit of a, a rough start to the season. He did throw four scoreless innings over his previous three outings before tonight. Uh, but aside from him, Salser was excellent once again. Tanner Scott came in and limited the damage. And Cesar Valdez comes in uh, with his seventh save of the season, now tied for the American League lead with Diego Castillo of the Rays and Ian Kennedy of the Texas Rangers. So, Paul, the bullpen uh, has has been certainly a bright spot to start off the year.
2: Yeah, the bullpen last year, they were top 10 unit. As of this past weekend, they were a uh, they were top five unit in all of baseball this year. I think you really see the work that Chris Holt and Darren Holmes are putting into this team and helping these pitchers find the best of their ability night in and night out. Cesar Valdez, he was crisper tonight than he has been in his last couple of outings. Uh, I was mentioning to somebody the other day that – when Valdez comes in the game, it's amazing these guys ever even swing because the pitch ne- never ends up in the zone. But all of his pitches end up in, ended up in the zone today, and you even saw that little bit of swagger uh, after the one strikeout in the, in the ninth inning where he just kind of walked off the mound like, yeah, that's right, you know. And and that's what you like to see. You like to see uh, Tanner Scott finding his fastball command again. He lost it for about a week there. couldn't Couldn't throw his fastball for a strike, and he seems to have bounced back from that. Sean Armstrong, you wonder how much of that was rust tonight because for some reason he hadn't been used in 10 days despite being effective in his last four outings, three or four outings. Um, He had only been scored upon once, I think, in his previous six outings. So he hadn't been used in 10 days. And then Cole Salser kind of gives merit to the whole foot injury thing from last year because he's been lights out uh, all season to this point. This bullpen is, I think, the strength of this team right now. And they're going to need it because – you know aside from Kramer getting that six innings that six inning outing today he and lopez have had a hard time getting beyond the fourth inning so that bullpen needs to be a strength and so far they are
0: yeah and i'm i'm a little bit paranoid that i might have said travis lakins when i meant to introduce Cole Sulcer, who's solser is obviously the one who pitched tonight as as paul mentioned no, you, you said Sulcer. Okay, good. All right. I was, I was worried that I might have mixed up some names once again, but but we're good. Um, so let's talk some offense. The bats were quiet uh, for, for most of the game. Uh, there was a bit of an opportunity in the third inning. The Orioles were able to load the bases off of uh, Domingo Tapia. But uh, for the most part, uh, it was a bullpen game for the Mariners, and the Orioles just were not able to get the bats going. Uh, of course, Tapia comes in in the third inning. He threw 20 pitches. They were all fastballs. The fastest was eighty-seven, or, sorry, 98.7 miles per hour. The slowest was 97.5. So he came in pumping gas. Uh, Mancini comes up with the bases loaded. They showed a stat on Masson that Mancini's career numbers with the bases loaded are uh, much worse than I thought uh, they would be, considering the, the career that he's had up to this point. Uh, however... Um, Tapia was able to uh, run a fastball low and in on him. It was a really, really good pitch. Got Trey to chase, uh, got the count to one and two, and then uh, Trey not able to catch up with a 99-mile-an-hour fastball low in the zone. Uh, but that was uh, really the only real opportunity the Orioles had uh, offensively
1: until that eighth inning. Yeah, I, I mean, I add that, the, you know— we talked about the Orioles' bullpen there for a second and how good they've been. The Mariners' bullpen, and, and you mentioned it, Ryan, it, it was a bullpen game for them. And their bullpen is, is throwing up an ERA that's a three-quarters of a run better this year than the Orioles. So uh, they, they come in with the, the best bullpen ERA in baseball um, and and it's some struggles. That, that pitch to Trey, that's tough. I mean, that's filthy to, to see 99. That tips down and in on his hands. Uh, there's really nothing good to do with that. Uh, he, he made the effort on it. Otherwise, I mean, he could try to make a take there, but he, he, he really pushed himself there. But I mean, you talk about an offense that came up late. I mean, I, I sent the, the the group chat for 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 the show. I sent a message about uh, about things coming up scoreless in Seattle, and, and ten seconds later, Cedric Mullins. Thankfully, this one went out of the park. But he comes up, and I mean, Mullins. I think he's he's being appreciated, but it's, I think it's even more underappreciated just just how solid of a season he's putting on, and and uh, how strong of a piece he is for this group. I mean, he's. Still tied ninth now in, in Major League Baseball and in war at, at 1.3. Uh, he's, he's strong offensively, strong defensively. I think uh, the, my favorite part of watching him hit that home run tonight was actually that you had Valeka on first base who had just walked before him. And they showed it in the replay that Mullins made sure to have Valleca hold up before going back to first when they were trying to figure out if it was a home run or not. We saw we saw that happen with Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner on the Dodgers a couple weeks ago where uh, Bellinger, I think it was crossed Turner's pathway on a home run that was being reviewed. One of them actually got called out on it. So they only ended up able to score one run on it. Um, so, so thankfully Mullins uh, made the right call there had, uh, had Vuelka just hold up until they made the right call and, and they both, they, they both scored there. But um, you know, it's, it's good to see that offense come up late if, if they're going to, but uh, tough bullpen to face.
2: Yeah. I remember that Bellinger too. That was on the opening day. Uh, um, Bellinger hit, hit an opposite field home run and they, he, he get he hits the home run, but because he crossed Turner He's called out and credited with an RBI single, uh, in, for a ball they hit out of the park. Uh, Weird ruling. Glad to see Cedric being like, "Hey, let's make sure this thing was called before you, uh, before you come back around me." Uh, that was that was a big play, Cedric Mullins. He's. It's crazy to think that a guy like Cedric Mullins is in MVP conversations, but he has to be. You know, if if the Orioles are in first place, the person that you're looking at is Cedric Mullins. Just uh, just a. Just a uh, jump-starter for this team every single game. He doesn't go into slumps because speed doesn't slump. It, 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 he could be 0 for for his last 12, lay down a bunt hit, and the next thing you know, he's 3 for his next 4. Um, Mancini on that fastball, man, uh, the 99-mile-hour fastball that he struck out on, he had no chance. I, I You rarely see Mancini late. He was so late, he looked like DJ Stewart on that <laughs> fastball. Um but, look, the, the offense, they came out and they did their job in the eighth inning. Finally, the two-run homer by Mullins, the two-run homer by Galvis. That one-two combo at the top with, with Mullins and Hayes, and it seems like they constantly push each other. Mullins gets a big hit, then Hayes gets a big hit. Like, they don't want to be outdone by each other. My big issue with the offense today, and it's not really the whole offense, and maybe I need to be a little bit easier on the guy, a real Ruiz, man. The guy can't buy a hit. He's up in the eighth inning, and I get it. There's two outs, and I'm sorry, he's up in the seventh inning. I get it. There's two outs, one swing ties the game, but it's a one nothing game. They're shifting on you the entire at-bat, and there's not even a, a – I guess I get it. Bunting's not sexy. It's not a popular thing to do anymore, but they're shifting the entire at-bat and no attempt whatsoever to get on base, just flailing and swinging for the fences on every pitch. He swings and misses at three straight pitches, and the inning ends. And to me, it's a selfish at bat. You're hitting a buck 60. You haven't done anything worthwhile in a walk-off home run against Houston two years ago in your major league career. To me, it's like do what you have to do to get on base to help this team because then you see the next inning, the lake of walks uh, to start the inning and Mullins hits a two-run homer. And the next thing you know, the Orioles have the lead. It, you have to do your part, and swinging for the fences and swinging through everything is not doing your part, especially when they're shifting you.
0: Yeah, and and I'll admit that I was one of the the people who was kind of down on the Michael Franco signing Uh, in the offseason. I didn't think that uh, he was going to be much of an upgrade over Ruiz. And of course, we've seen them kind of split time with Ruiz playing uh, at second base. But yeah, at least on the offensive side of the ball, Franco has definitely been a a significant upgrade over Rio. Like you said, he he got off to a little bit of a hot start at the beginning of last season. Uh, But other than that, the only real notable thing he's done on the offensive side of the ball was that walk-off home run against Houston. Uh, So certainly frustrating to see, but you know, as as was the case with Hanser Alberto and Renato Nunez and some of these other guys, I don't think Rio is is meant to be a part of the next competitive Orioles team. Uh, yeah. and, and I hate to say that about guys we currently have because I'm, I'm always going to root for them. But at the same time, you know, you, you have to look at it realistically. And um, and, and Rio not going to be uh, here, I think, after the, he might not make it through this season at this rate.
2: Yeah. i'd be surprised if he does make it through this season i think once Jamai jones gets his footing under him at second base he's going to get a lot of time there uh maybe sooner rather than later and it, i think that if ruiz doesn't start hitting he might not make it to the end of this month
1: yeah i was, I was going to add on ruiz i mean he's he's seen less than 40 percent pitches now in the strike zone guys they're, they're not pitching to him because they know he's, he's swinging at so much um the problem with him when i was looking at him a couple of days ago is he's just he's swinging at a lot both in and out of the strike zone but he's it's not about what's out of the strike zone. He's he's only making contact with barely over half the pitches he swings at in the strike zone. So if pitchers are realizing they can throw a ball anywhere, he's going to swing and miss more than half the time at it. It's a uh, it's it's a pretty rough spot to be at. I mean, they they slot him down the lineup. Uh, he made he made a good defensive shift tonight when they when they announced uh, with, with DJ Stewart having to sit out as the weight scratch. The so Blake went in, and then Ruiz shifted over to third. So so it's good to have those uh, defensive guys. It reminds me of a. Uh, of a, of a good old Cesar Tourist kind of guy uh, that, that comes in and, and can hold 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 the fort down on defense but outside of that there's not going to be much provided with the bat and and that's tough it's tough to give up uh, it's tough to give up a lineup spot to a guy that isn't isn't really providing much where you really don't have a, a high hope that this guy's up in any spot he's, he's going to come through but uh, you take what you can get while you're waiting on a couple of these guys down in the minors uh, that now their season's up but we'll see we'll see uh, we'll see if they have a guy or two that can come up and, and take that place. And uh, of course, with some of the injury guys too, it's, you know, it's, he's one of those filler, filler roles that that's going to have to have to have to be there for a bit.
0: Yeah. There's certainly some names knocking on the door, whether it's Jemai Jones or, or Ryland Bannon, even Stevie Wilkerson might come up and get a, another shot. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rio certainly uh, has not been the answer thus far in, in the Orioles lineup. Uh, but let's, let's talk about uh, some of the positives of that eighth inning. Avi, you mentioned this before. What did Pat Vileka do uh, before, Cedric Mullins homered. Took a walk. Paul, what did Ryan Mountcastle do before Freddie Galvis homered? Took a walk. That's so important. I love seeing that. I love when guys get on base via the walk like like a bunt. It's not sexy, but it gets the job done. And when someone comes up behind you and knocks you in, knocks you home – its I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. I love seeing that. The Orioles have struggled at drawing walks this year. It has not been a strength of this team. There have been plenty of games where I look down through the box score at the end, and we've walked once or twice or not at all. And uh, when, when we walk, we win games. That's been a consistent trend throughout the year. I don't specifically have the numbers on that, but I know that in the games that our offense has exploded, we've walked six, seven, eight, nine times in those games. Very, very important to see that happen. Um, now Avi, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, a little bit more about Cedric Mullins because I'm sure you remember this probably six years ago, seven years ago, you were writing for Baltimore sports report yes, and sir. you were, I guess on the other side of the country, maybe you were in Boston. I'm not sure you've been all over the place, but, uh, you asked me to go down to, or go up, I guess he was in Aberdeen mm-hmm. and I interviewed Cedric Mullins for a profile you were doing and, I had no idea that he was any type of prospect at the time. I just kind of asked him the questions that you wanted me to ask. Uh, but now we see him coming up. And like Paul said, you, you, you can't ignore that he's – if the season ended today, he's, in, he's probably not going to win. But he's in the MVP discussion. Yeah. And So how cool is it to see someone like like Mullins, who you know, we, we got a chance to chat with years ago when he was a, a low-level minor leaguer, seeing him come and, and, and
1: tear up the league? Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that, that I have been on from day one and, and I'm proud. Cedric so, I mean, Mullins came to us from, from Campbell university. So down in North Carolina, uh, they, they're, they're a D one school down in the big South conference, but he was a 13th round pick. And the guy comes up, he's, he's five, eight, a little guy coming up, um, switch hitter they're not sure as he can hit for any power we're still not really sure if he's going to hit for much power despite the home run tonight but a guy that can that can run the gamut i mean you talked about it speed speed doesn't slump so he's he's coming out he's playing a stellar center field uh he's he's running the bases i mean even you you saw late uh, late in the game when austin hayes hits that dribbler up the third base line that, that cedar grapples and and the umps were confused of whether it was a fair or foul ball and and you had uh you had mullins Going from second to third, and he would have been safe if that ball was safe uh, on, on that quick little dart run. Uh, so I mean, it's a guy that, that comes with a lot of skills. Obviously, his his on base skills are, are going to lack a little bit right now in the walk department. We talk about walks, but he's hitting for a high average. I mean, that's that's an old school form of baseball. You know, slap the ball around, try to try to just get it somewhere, get it in play, get on get on base. So um you know the, the team like you mentioned it's tough to see him not walk too much they're they're second to last in the league in walk percentage but a guy at the top like cedric mullins that can get on base in other ways it, it's it's helpful and i mean the guy is it's as wholesome of a, a guy as we think back to ryan i had that article open earlier again i've opened it a couple of times in the last couple of months and uh, I, I i love looking back at it because that's like you mentioned that's that was 2015 we talked to this guy 13th round pick that i was excited about just from where he came from um and and who knows if he'll be an all-star this year i mean he's it the, the interesting note there is he's a he's a kid from georgia and so uh if he had made also if he makes the all-star team it, it won't be in georgia anymore where his uh, his home is but we hope for the best for, for him to make the all-star team um it, it's fun to watch and, and we'll see what he can develop power wise he's still pulling from the legs he's a small dude but uh guys have done it before so so it's really intriguing to see this 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 call up, uh, we we talk about Austin Hayes so much, and for good reason. Uh, and we have lots of other guys that, that are being talked about. But Cedric Mullins really sort of blazed through the minor leagues in a couple of years, and and just keeps hitting, and and that's what that's what keeps him here.
0: Yeah, it's great. And and Paul, one other guy I I did want to mention uh, his his seven game hitting streak was snapped, snapped tonight. But uh, Ryan Mountcastle did walk and and score a run in that eighth inning, and uh, some of those hits are starting to fall. We, we saw him uh, hit a lot of deep balls to the warning track. Uh, he just couldn't seem to to really get a hold of one, but those fly balls are starting to turn into line drives and, and we're seeing him start to get on base a little bit more. And, and that's hopefully the, the start of a trend for, for Mountcastle.
2: Yeah. The, the seven game hitting streak was snapped, but he has, he still has a 10 game on base streak. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and you're watching this guy, you're watching him play and you're seeing him get this infield, an infield hit here, seeing eye single there, a line drive to right field there. And then the next thing you know, he's building this hitting streak. He's regaining that confidence and Brandon Hyde said before the game today that uh, he doesn't think that Ryan Mountcastle's lost confidence. That, that, I don't believe that. You don't go one for 28 and, and, and be a confident hitter. Um, but he, he is trusting his, his swing, trusting his ability, and putting the bat on the ball. And I think that you're going to start to see the power uh, really start to come through here sooner rather than later also. Uh, and he didn't, he, he didn't look overmatched at any point today, which is something I really like to see. Even though he took the today and he did get the walk, he didn't look over overmatched at any point. And that's a good pitching Seattle ball club. Ryan Mountcastle is going to be really, really important to this team, not just this year, but for the next several years. He's going to hit in the middle of this lineup. And this is a guy who has never faced adversity playing baseball. He had that bad stretch when he got called up to Bowie a few years back, but then where he hit 222 to end the season there uh, over the last, I think it was like 30 games. But he came back and hit nearly 2, uh, 280 to 300 the next year. So this is a guy that you have confidence in the fact that he's going to start to hit. He's going to be a force in this lineup. Uh, right now it's just singles and the occasional double. You're going to start to see that power really come out here soon. Gets the barrel of the bat, of, of the bat to the ball when he's really going. His, has power, sprays it to all fields. I'm really excited to see what he becomes. I think we're going to see it sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, and, and Mancini's been hitting the ball hard as well. And I, I think if those two can can really get it going, I mean, this this team's just going to continue to improve. And like I said, four out of the last five, six out of nine overall. Uh, we have hit our half hour. I hope I didn't wake up my girlfriend. It one thirty in the morning after all. Uh, tomorrow, the Orioles' uh, second game of the series in Seattle. It'll be Jorge Lopez against Justin Dunn. Uh, I will be back on the postgame show because uh, I'm a night owl and I figured I'd sign up for the late games because why not? Uh, I'm not entirely sure who will be joining me. Uh, you both are obviously more than welcome back if you happen to be awake. Uh, Orioles beat the Mariners 5-3 to three and uh, and are, are starting to field a little bit. Gentlemen, anything to add?
2: Yeah, um, man. Um, real quick before before you go, something I noticed. I remember how the Orioles were striking out 10 to 15 times every game, it seemed, like the first two, three weeks of the season they haven't had a 10-strikeout game in 10 games. Uh, it's been 10 straight games where they've had nine strikeouts or less. And so I, I'm really starting to like their approach. You mentioned the walks and how all the good things are happening for this offense when they have multiple walks in the game. You're seeing a better approach at the plate. And, yeah, they came to this game batting 228 as a team and second to worst in the league with 3.8 runs per game. But that number is going to continue to go up. They continue to have this better approach and these better at-bats. I'm really liking seeing the strikeout numbers go down. I think that's huge for this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good note. Avi, what's your final word?
1: Happy minor week opening day.
0: Hell yeah. I love it. All right. We'll be back again with you tomorrow night post game. And uh thank you all for tuning in to Birdland Tonight. Thanks, man. Take it easy, guys.